let's go ahead and jump into the word. I'm going to be preaching out of the book of Nehemiah. Some of y'all didn't even know that that was a book. Uh, Nehemiah, and we're going to chapter 6, uh, and we're going to read verses 1 through 4. Are you there? Say, I got it if you're there. It also will be up on the screen for you. The Bible says, Now, when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arab and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left in it, although that there was no breach left in it, although up to that time I had not set up the doors in the gates, Sanballat and Geshem, everybody say haters, sent to me saying, come and let us meet together at Hakaferim in the plain of Ono. Everybody say, oh no. <laughs> but they intended to do me harm. He had discernment. Remember I talked to you about discernment in that ready series. And I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work. Somebody say a great work. And I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? And then the last verse for our reading says, And they sent to me four times. Everybody say four times. In this way. And I answered them in the same manner. Listen fam, like, so I used to, I used to have really bad asthma. Anybody deal with asthma in here? Okay. Yeah, I used to have really bad asthma there. I spent a lot of summers where, you know, I would look out the window, you know, with the mask on. See, you know, it's a really big deal if you have to sit with the mask on in your house. I had a portable one and I used to look out the window and, you know, see kids playing and stuff and just wish that I could go out and do certain things without having any difficulty breathing. Well, praise God. I'm so glad that, you know, later on in my life, I was I remember I was getting ready. And this is a bit of my testimony. I was getting ready to preach and, you know, and I preached and I had an asthma attack and it was just horrible. And I remember telling God, I'm like, God, you know, I would be praying for people and seeing them get healed and all sorts of stuff happening. And I'm like, I'm preaching, Lord, and having an asthma attacks. This is just crazy, right? And I remember taking my puffers, and in that moment, you know, I asked God to heal me of asthma, from asthma. And, you know, some people say, oh, you grow out of it. No, well, I actually had an asthma attack the day before. And for me, in that moment, uh, you know, it is an act of faith. I threw away my medicine at that time. And, you know, and I'm not telling you again. I'm not telling you to do that. Uh, it was just my faith level at that time. You know, I, I felt led to do that. And I threw away my meds at that time. And since then, I have never had an asthma attack ever again. That was when I was, uh, that was when, when, I, when I was about, uh, I think it was about 18, 19 years old. And I'm 30, I'm 34 years old now. And so I've always wanted to run. You, I just said God healed me and y'all are awfully quiet. Somebody ought to give God praise that God still heals, fam. And so it was really nuts because, you know, after that, I've always, I've been athletic, but I've had to be athletic with the puffer and it was difficult. I could never do long distance running. And so something that I, you know, got passionate about after a while, I was like, you know what, to give the devil a black eye, I'm going to get into long distance running. And so I would try and I would, you know, at first I could only run one mile, you know, and again, with no meds, I've not used no asthma meds since that time. And I had an asthma attack the day before. And so do, it, it's nuts. Like I would be able to run a mile, then I could run 
two miles, then I can run three miles, and, and then, you know, you come to Canada, so you switch over to kilometers. So then it ended up being, you know, 10K, and then 15K, Leon and, and, and I run, and then 20K, you know, and just keeps on going. And I'm, I'm, I'm gearing up to run, you know, a full marathon. And now that I said it out loud, I'm going to have to do it, uh, you know, because y'all are going to think I'm a waste man if I don't. So the thing is, though, right, that the last half marathon we ran, my wife uh, ran and, and did her thing, and a bunch of us all were in it, and, you know, and we ran, and I have never, the one thing is, whenever I go on a long run, I do not stop until the end. I don't stop until I'm done. I don't walk, I don't do the start walk, all that stuff, whatever, you know, but the thing is that when you're running, fam, there are a lot of distractions on the way. There are tons. The people who are the most distracting, if I can just keep it real, yoga pants are distracting, if I can just be honest. Y'all don't know nothing about yoga pants. The yoga pants are distracting. See, can, is it okay for pastors to be honest? Y'all acting like you never see no yoga pants or that you don't wear the yoga pants. But then also walkers, fam. Like, it's the worst when you're running and you're trying to keep you're trying to keep pace and you get into a breathing rhythm and you're doing your thing and then you just see a man just walking it's just like yo like you just feel like you want to walk but at the same time you're just like you just want to slap a box in his head and tell him just like go fam you know because it it's distracting when you're trying to you know stay focused but even though this is the case I still will usually keep, I'm able to keep on going and I never stop by God's grace on a long distant front until I'm done. Now, on this, this uh, long, this uh, half marathon that we ran, I was running and I think it was maybe like, like 12, 13 kilometers. I had been focused. I was doing the best time that I ever did. And I was feeling so good. I was excited. I'm like, man, I only got about 10 more kilometers to go. I can finish this and we're going to be good. And then out of nowhere, there was this lady who was following me the whole time. And I hope she's not here today. But but she was like right behind me, tracking with me the whole time. But she never caught up. And it got to a place where I was running and I was getting ready to come around this, this bend. And this lady runs up and comes beside me. And she goes, hey, hey. And she starts talking to the man. I have on my headphones, right? So I'm in the zone. I'm listening. When Jesus says yes, nobody can say no. I'm, I'm, I'm jamming to my tunes. The man and are just focused and we're going. And this lady walks up, runs up beside me. She's like, hey. I'm like, yo, fam, I don't want to talk to you. Hi. But I have to put on the smile like, hi. Because, you know. And so she's like, no, come t- take your, take your. And so she, she I, 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 uh, I oblige and I take off my headphones and I'm like, okay, let's make this fast. And she goes, she goes, oh, I've been watching from, you know, the whole, from the beginning of the race. And I've, I've just been seeing that you've been just keeping such good pace the whole time. And, you know, I just wanted to let you know you're doing a good job. And I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, thank you for the thing. And she's talking and it's crazy because she broke my concentration. And guess what happened next when I put my headphones back on? She passed me. She passed me. I got beat by the gal them. And she kept on running, fam. And she all, not only did she pass me, but because my concentration, trust me, I'm going somewhere with this thing. Because my concentration was broken. What happened is the endurance that I had built up, the focus that I built up to that point in time, even though she was giving me compliments. Oh, y'all don't want to be real with me today. 
The fact is that it was still a distraction. And consequently, she was using it as a tactic to pass me. Come on, somebody. And the fact of the matter is, I just want to just jump into this unbothered series to let about three or four people know in here today that God has called many of us to run the race. And what has happened is that there are people who will often come along the journey while it is that you're running and they will try to distract you. And oftentimes they finna distract you with good stuff. And many of us take the headphones off because we think that they're because we we need a gas to our pride. And we don't realize that that is the fact that is the blow that the enemy often will use to destroy what it is that God has called you to do. Who's with me on this morning? And so she ended up doing this. And then I was I still did for the first time in my life out of all the time I've been running. I had to stop. I stopped and I was walking and I'm like, I've, I've run 20K runs before. But just in that moment, what I realized is I did not allow myself to get distracted. Can I just preach to you for a message for, uh, from a message for the next few moments called don't come down? In fact, look at your neighbor, tell him don't come down, don't come down, don't don't come down see the fact of the matter is that those who are ready but since this is ready series volume two those who are ready are individuals who lived on live unbothered we live unbothered lives and and what do you mean by this the fact of the matter is that 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 even this does not mean that we don't care about other people This does not mean that we don't care about situations that we're going through. But what it does mean is that we care too much about the finish line. Come on, somebody. That we're not going to allow any people or any situations that may come up in our way. No wicked machination that the devil may send to try and get get us off of our focus is worth the goal that God has for us. I wonder if I'm talking to some people in this place that know that you have potential and destiny and purpose and that God has called you for something more than what it is that you're experiencing right now but oftentimes we miss the future and what God has called us to because we get distracted and so here here I don't know what you're facing on today but we are called ready people are individuals that live unbothered and it's not that we are selfish but we know we know who is before us this is why this is why we're unbothered by opponents this is why we're not sidetracked by haters who am i talking to this morning this is why we don't spend time going back and forth with trolls online anymore. Come on, Pastor Andrew, if I can just be loud. Because of the fact that it doesn't, that haters, oftentimes they don't understand your context. And so many times, have you noticed that the most critical people in your life are people that don't even know you? The most critical people in our lives at times will be people that don't even know you A from Bullfoot, but they have the loudest mouths and the biggest opinions. You're not paying my bills. Come on, somebody. You're not keeping my lights on. You're not putting food in my stomach. I came to preach to a real church on this morning. But oftentimes, those are the same people that we allow to get us to come down. And I showed up, I showed up, I showed up on this Easter Sunday to tell you that because Jesus got up from the dead. Oh, I feel this preach that you and I got to be to the place where we are not distracted by that which the enemy may send our way. 
Now here in the passage, here in this story, it's the story of an individual by the name of Nehemiah. Everybody say Nehemiah. Nehemiah is an individual who is somewhat of an intercessor. He is the cup bearer to a Persian king and you know he but he is a Hebrew. He is a Jew and what takes place in this story just to summarize it if you and I'll give you you should go ahead and read through this book. We're going to unpack this uh, for a bit but in chapter one we find that Nehemiah he gets word that his people who were in captivity that the wall the wall that was protecting them from out from the outside that was protecting them and that was offering was a part of their security and their safety it got burnt down who's with me on this morning that it got burnt down that it was broken down and nehemiah was very very he was distraught about this because he cared about his people he cared about the security of his people and so he began to go before the lord and he was praying before the lord and seeking god because he was desirous of seeing that wall rebuilt and the incredible thing is that at this time, remember, he is the cupbearer in a heathen king's context. And what takes place is so amazing because the Bible lets us know in chapter 1, verse 4 through 11, that he gets backed by God. He receives favor from God and those who he was in authority with. And consequently, he receives supernatural release and he receives supernatural resources. Not only did the king allow Nehemiah to leave from his presence to go and rebuild the wall. Who's with me this morning? But the king also gave him lumber from his property. So that he could take the wood and the, the, the lumber to go and repair this wall and seal it up and make sure. Does that even make sense? No fam, it doesn't make sense. But watch this, when you are backed by God, when you have a God dream. I came to inspire somebody this morning. When you are backed by God, God will, the Bible even makes it say, when, you're, uh, when your ways please the Lord, he'll even make your enemies to be at peace with you. I wonder if I have some Bible readers in this place. Because the fact of the matter is that point number one, can I give you point number one? Here it is. God, God's assignments, it will be on the screen from you for you. God's assignments come furnished with favor, his and that of the right people. Somebody say the right people. And see what we find here, what we find here is that God is in a position where because of Nehemiah's heart to be able to go out and to rebuild this wall for his people, God gives him favor. God gives him favor so much so that he also makes this king give him lumber and give him supernatural resources. There's somebody who is here today and the call that God has on your life, I'm telling you today, the call and the purpose and the vision that he has placed on you he has not called you to do it by yourself and many of you have been getting distracted by the wrong people come on somebody because you think that you need them to accomplish what he's called you to but I'm here to tell you that not only will God give you that job that you didn't even go to school to earn the degree for and not only will God give you houses that you don't even have the credit score for who am I talking to but I'm here to tell you today that you serve a God who is able to finance whatever it is that he's called you to and even though there may be haters and even though there may be naysayers and even though there may be people that say 
say that you ain't going nowhere and you ain't going to amount to nothing. I wonder if I'm talking to someone that may have had a bad parental experience and because of what your parents said, you feel like you can't make it. Well, I'm here to tell you, baby, that even though the wrong people might be hating on you, that the favor of the Lord will cause the right people to come in your life. Listen, I don't need everybody. I just need the right people. See, some of y'all, you've been in a place where you've been trying to get everybody to like you. Listen, baby, if you live long enough, you'll know that it will be extremely problematic if everybody in your circle is for you. Who am I talking to in this place? But I don't need everybody patting me on my back. I just need one or two. Come here, Jesus. I need about just 12 people. And through those 12, we can literally change the world. Somebody give God praise for favor and sending the right people in your life. I love it even of Jesus as we're thinking about Jesus. The Bible makes it clear because see some of you, you think that God is the only one that will give favor. But it's not just when you're, when you're on a God assignment, God will give you favor with himself, but favor with God and man. Oh, this is good because Jesus in Luke chapter 2 verse 52, you don't got to turn there. The Bible says that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, favor with God and man. When Jesus was in human form, as he came to fulfill the assignment of dying for the sins of mankind and paying for our atonement, he received favor, not just with God the Father, but also with man. Not only this, in Acts chapter 2, verse 47, after the similitude of the Savior, the Bible makes it clear that the New Testament church, that they also had favor, not just with God, but they also had favor with men. And so a mark of a God assignment is favor with God. But not only this, it's also favor with the right people. One more time, say the right people. But not only this, not only this. Somebody say there's more. Look at this man in Nehemiah chapter 4. So we're just skipping through the book to, for, the, for the sake of today. We're talking about unbothered. Watch this. In Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 14, uh, the Bible makes it clear. It says, and I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Who's the them? Well, the them were some individuals by the name of Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem. These were individuals who were, de- who were desirous of getting Nehemiah to abort the mission to rebuild the Jerusalem, the wall that he had set out to build. Are you still with me? And they made it their assignment. They didn't have none of their own business to focus to on. Come on, somebody. And because they decided they, they had to go and because they didn't have none of their own stuff, they made it their job, their full-time job to try and get Nehemiah off the wall. You know anybody like that? People who's, they, it's like they don't have any of their own business. They don't got any of their own stuff to deal with. They, they just are always to the place where they push their nose. They are professional nose pokers. They're always putting their nose in people's business. But Nehemiah tells the people, the right people. Everybody say the right people. Who came after them. He says, don't be afraid of them. See, many of us, we get to the place where we are distracted because of fear. But he says, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Remember that, you know, I love it. I love how Paul says, you can write this down in Romans chapter 8 verse 31. He says, if God be for us. Oh man. 
who can be against us what a position to be in if God got your back fam I mean somebody must be out of their mind if they ever would want to get to the place where they will come after you if God's got my back come on that's it. See, some of us, we out there and we talk about Pookie and them got our back. But you let you let Pookie and them, you you let the crazy folk roll upon them. So and you see how fast they'll be away. There's some people that you thought you could count on, but until hard times come, you truly don't know who are your friends. But I wonder if it's one or two people in this place on this morning that know that God is someone on whom you can rely. That if if He says He's got your back, then then you can stand on it and you can know that everything that he has called you to will come to pass somebody give God praise for his protection he says remember remember the Lord who is great and awesome and watch this and he says and fight for your brothers and your sons your daughters your wives and your homes so in this moment can I give you point number two here it is look Because the fact is that Nehemiah remembered not only his God, but he remembered his why. Somebody say his why. Here it is. Watch this. Your why should be louder than the volume of your opposition. Okay. Pick it, pick it. Here we go. Your why. In fact, that's good enough to preach to your neighbor. Let him know. Say neighbor. Oh, neighbor. Your why ought to be louder than the volume of your opposition. What do you mean by this? He tells them, he says, listen fam, he says, don't worry about the haters. Don't worry about Sanballat and Tobiah. Don't worry about those that come to try and overthrow you. He says, remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And not only this, he says, when you're fighting, remember to fight for your wives. Come on, to fight for your children, to fight for your homes, to fight for the generations. In other words, the why was bigger than just Nehemiah. Come on, the why was just bigger than that wall. There was a why. There were people, there were people who needed it. Come on, can I just preach to Pastor Andrew for a second? Remember your why when the opposition comes. When people tell you that this ain't a real church because you're in a movie theater. Remember all of the folk that are getting saved and all the people that are getting baptized because you're doing church in an unconventional manner. Instead of coming off the wall, remember the why. Come on, somebody give God praise because your why is greater than your opposition. Praise the Lord. Remember your why. You know, I remember, I remember when, you know, when you're driving in the car, when you're driving in the car, one of the craziest things, you know, how many of this has happened to you? You could be in your car and you can be listening to the radio and jamming to your tunes, them, and you're just going, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, th- you know, you're enjoying it. You're breaking off your neck. You don't even care that you look like a fool. You know, some of you guys, you might be singing your worship tunes. Let's just say it's worship tunes because we're in church. And you're there and you know. Hey, you girl, and not it. No. Um, and in the holy skirt. You girl in uh, the holy skirt. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> and you might be there and you're jamming to your tunes, fam. And then suddenly out of nowhere, the man them will just pull up and they're just like. You ever encountered one of those people? Your whole car is shaking. 
the coffee that you have, the juice that you have is all spilling all over your clothes because they just come with some loud speakers to the point where no matter what it is that you're listening to, come on. In fact, some of y'all might be the ones with those. I th- you know what? I think, Dale, I think that's you, fam. I think you have to, you because the, the DJ has to have loudspeakers in his car. But you know, whatever's happening in their car, it trumps what's going on in yours. But you know, the crazy thing is when I'm able to, when I'm running, the thing that allows me to focus is when I have on my headphones. Anybody know about noise cancellation headphones? Ah, oh, fam, I'm trying to help somebody. Because those noise cancellation headphones, uh, I got three kids, y'all. Huh? And so, you know, so those things are a blessing from the Lord. Every now and again, hallelujah. And so the thing is, don't matter how loud it is, doesn't matter how crazy the sound is on the outside, the mandem can show up with their big tail speakers and try to blow you away. But if you have on some noise canceling headphones, come on somebody, it shuts out the distraction and you can still jam. And some of them in their arrogant selves might look over and be like, how are they still focused on what's going on with me bumping my speaker so loud? But they don't know about your noise canceling headphones. Who am I talking to? Some of us, we got to get to the place where we get noise canceling headphones that just play our why come on somebody there's generations that are attached to you that's why you can't come down off that wall there's children that need to know about jesus and his transforming power that's why you can't come off that wall who am i preaching to on this morning you can't kill yourself no you can't kill yourself you can't throw in the towel because there are people beyond this test how many of you know that god has not just made one chapter out of your life your life is a book you better not end it baby based upon one chapter because when they they looked at Jesus come on somebody when they whooped him in his behind when they hit him with a cat of nine tails when they put a crown of 72 thorns on his head it was Jesus Jesus was up there on the cross and the reason why he didn't come down is because he remembered his why Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 through 3 he makes it clear it says that we ought to look being surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses that we got to be individuals and I'm summarizing that look unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith watch this who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross Jesus got up on that cross and he said I'm not coming down because I see Arthur come on somebody my why my why is Raquel today my why is Charlene and I see AJ while I'm up there and so even though there's pain who am I talking to even though there's grief while I'm up here even though they pierced me in my side even though they fed me with sour vinegar and wine they because they were trying to mock me and they said behold and they're telling you if you're the king then get down and save yourself I'm not coming down off the cross because my why the volume of my why is greater than the I'm is is greater than my opposition somebody give God praise and get some of that when people be trying to get you to come off the wall give God praise because he didn't forget his why you better remember that why Jesus remembered his why and so not only this I want to go on because uh, I don't have that much more time uh, and so in the book of Nehemiah as we continue watch this watch this here we go uh, in, 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 as we continue uh, the Bible makes it clear the Bible makes it clear in chapter 4 later on look at what it says here in verse 15 through 20 when our enemies 
please, Nehemiah 4, verse 15 through 20, heard that it was known to us that God had frustrated their plan because they tried to do stuff to them, but it did not work. The Bible says we all returned to the wall, each one of his work. Watch this. From that day on, half of my servants worked on construction and half held the spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail and the leader stood behind the whole house of Judah who were building on the wall those who carried burdens watch this were loaded somebody say loaded Look at this. They were loaded in such a way that each labored on the work with one hand and held a weapon with the other. So peep this. So peep this. So Nehemiah and the mandem are working on this wall. And what we find is that they are on this wall working. And Sanballat and Tobiah, as they're up trying to build this wall, and Geshem, that they're coming, and they're trying all sorts of waste moves to try to get them off of the wall. But the Bible makes it clear that while they were there, watch this, they had a, they had a weapon in one hand, and they had a tool in the other. There was a balanced approach. Somebody say a balance. Now here, here's point number three. Can I give you point number three? Here's point number three. Watch this. The future demands that we both build and fight. Oh yeah. See, when people think about Christians, we just think about passivity. We think that God has called us just to be passive. Come on, somebody. We think, and some of us, we think on the other extreme that God has just called us to be to fight and to just be defensive with everyone and always be fighting, fighting, fighting. And the fact of the matter is that God has called us not to be passive, but God is also not to call us to be defensive to the place where we are unapproachable and unable to fulfill the assignment that He has given us. But there is supposed to be a balance everybody say balance you got to be saved enough to pray for folk uh, but 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 hood enough to be able to cut them to use those hands y'all y'all don't want to be real with me on today no don't cut don't go cut anybody pastor andrew told me it's okay for me to cut people no I'm saying that you got to be to the place where you and I are builders and we're fighters. Come on, Ready Series, where we are willing, we are prepared to be able to build. We are, we are in the position where we are called to build. And not only are we called to build God's kingdom by going out and loving on people and being to the place where we show his love to the world and fulfilling the assignment that he has called us to. But we also, we also got to be to the place where we are contenders for the faith where we're willing to stand and fight against listen man jesus was not a wuss jesus walked up into peace and turned over tables fam in matthew 21 verse 12 through 13 he walked up in the house and in the father's house in this temple and he was turning over tables of money changers and people that were trying to turn the father's house into a den of thieves and so we find that Jesus is a, is that Jesus is someone who is willing to build. He's building the kingdom, but he's also fighting for people. Look, look, man. I love in John chapter eight, we find that Jesus shows up. I love how he fights for people, especially against religious folk that try to tear people down. 
Y'all don't know anybody like that. You know that sometimes the greatest deterrent to the call that God has called us to, especially as it pertains to building and advancing the kingdom, sometimes the church folk are your greatest enemies of at accomplishing what God has called you to do for the kingdom. And we find in John chapter 8, look, because notice this too, that Jesus dealt with religious folk different than he dealt with people who were unbelievers. He dealt with sinners different than the way that he dealt with people who were claiming to be godly. And Jesus was always willing to fight for those who were in a position where they were being looked down upon because of the sin that they were walking in. Come on, somebody. And so we find like in John chapter 8 where there's a woman that's caught in adultery and she's she's cornered by some religious folk that are higher and mighty than anybody else. And they thought that they had it all together and they had the right to look down on this woman who was caught and the bible says that instead even though jesus is perfect and he is in the position where he deserves to go and to and to light her up and to tell her x y and z and who she was and the the because of what it is that she did that jesus says that jesus in fact instead punks the religious folk And he releases the woman that was considered to be in a place of sin. And by herself, he loved on her. Come on, somebody. And he told her, go and sin no more. I love how Jesus shows us that he is a builder, but he'll also fight for people who oftentimes can't fight for themselves. Come on. That's why Serve City Church is the way that it is. You know that people often look and they say, oh, you see this type of people that you have come into the church? Yeah, I do, baby. But come on, somebody. But that's because we believe that Jesus didn't come for the righteous but the Bible said he came to call those who were to seek and save those who were lost and so I don't know what you came into this place with on today and you hear me say this is a no judgment zone and some of you have heard that before as a cute cliche but I'm here to tell you welcome home that we actually mean it here come on somebody and the fact of the matter is that even if there are things in your life that need to change how many of you know that relationship is the equity that is necessary to be able to speak into people's lives and many of us be standing up and yelling off the mountaintop at people that you don't even know come on somebody I won't listen to people that I don't know so why do you expect to stand on your holy mountain and yell at people when you know your boo-boo doesn't smell like Chanel number five either fight and build man I'm telling you we don't play in this house when it comes to that stuff and at the end of the day this is why we are so passionate I'll tell you the way that Jesus and the apostles dealt with sinners is a lot different than the way that they dealt with that then they dealt with the church and so Paul will oftentimes rebuke and reprove and send apostolic letters to challenge people who are already a part of the church. But many of us, we think that we have the permission to use apostolic letters and epistles to challenge and to condemn people who are not even yet converted. Oh man, I, I, I could preach a whole sermon on this because the fact of the matter is until you get to somebody to the place where they understand the love of God, you can't bring the correction their way. The love of God is the equity that is necessary to open the heart of man. It's the kindness of the Lord that draw I'm in the Bible. The kindness of the Lord that draws to repentance. You can't bash people and win them to Christ at the same time condemnation I feel my right I'm just gonna jump on here because condemnation is the worst form of evangelism 
I don't got enough time, so moving right along. The future demands that we build and that we fight. A tool in one hand. A tool in one hand and a weapon in the other. Are you still with me? I got one more point for you. Is that okay? So look now, as we come to the end of this story, the Bible makes it clear in Nehemiah chapter 6. The Bible makes it clear in Nehemiah chapter 6. Uh, and we find in verse 1 through 4, says, Now when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arab and the rest of your enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left in it, although up to that time I had not set up the doors in the gates, Sanballat and Geshem sent to me saying, Come and let us meet together at Hakafarim." In the plain of Ono, one more time, say Ono. But they intended to do me harm. And I sent messengers to them. Watch this. Saying, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to deal with your waste tales? Look, the fact of the matter is that here's point number four. Can I give it to you? Those who live unbothered are not lured by the trappings of distractions. Watch this. So Nehemiah is up on the wall and they are building with the tool in one hand and they are building with the weapon in the other hand and they're doing their thing and Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem come and they try to get him off the wall and Nehemiah is doing such a great work. Watch this. He says, not only am I not going to come down, but he didn't even answer them himself. The Bible says he sent messengers. Man, there's some stuff in your life that comes as distractions that you, when people be slipping in your DMs, you don't want to talk to me today. And they be saying stuff to try to get you to go out and, 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 uh, and get into bed with them. And that you know that they don't love you. Come on, somebody. And they're trying to just cheapen your worth. And at the end of the day, they're say, you got to get to the place where sometimes you don't even answer them back. Because you're too busy. You're doing too great of a work building your life. Come on, somebody. You're doing too great of a work building your future. Your, your why is too great for you. Can, who am I talking to on this morning? Your why is too great for you to come down and deal with people who are opposing. And the fact is they even sent false prophets. Remember what I told you? They, remember what I told you? They sent false prophets. They sent people to come and tell them, come, let's meet over here. And come, let's go over here. And come, let's do this. And come, let's do that. And they were trying to send false prophets to try and sabotage what it was. But because he was walking with discernment, which was the ability supernaturally to understand and to know what was going on spiritually, even though, even though he could not see it just by hearing what they said, the Holy Spirit gave him this ability. He knew that what they were trying to do was to overthrow the assignment. And so he said, I'm not coming down because my why is too great and because of who's backing me who's on who's with me on this morning and so watch this so the so watch this even when we think about jesus jesus was getting ready to go to the cross and jesus died and remember they even tried to put stuff in jesus's way so that he would come down from the cross they even tried to seal the tomb they sealed the tomb and they put people in front of it because they said, just in case his disciples are going to come and steal him, we're just going to, we're going to go ahead and we're going to put some soldiers in front. 
We're going to try to fortify the situation with our efforts because we think that that's going to hinder or stop the plan of God from coming to pass. Who am I talking to on this morning? But the fact of the matter is that even though they put soldiers in front of the tomb, even though they sealed it up and even though they tried to stop it from coming to pass because Jesus decided to go all the way to the grave. Listen, baby, the fact is God didn't just have a half tail promise to him. The fact is that because he went to the grave, God was required to fulfill what he promised to him. And this is why bright and early on Sunday morning, come on somebody, the same soldiers that were there, they couldn't stop the grave from bursting open. Because what God had promised was going to come to pass. The ceiling on the tomb, they couldn't stop it. They couldn't stop, couldn't stop Jesus from coming from the grave because he had a promise and a why that was greater, not only than himself, but that was backed by God the Father. And so he came out with all power on the third day. I don't know who I came to talk to on this morning. I'm here to tell you that if you just stay on the wall, come on somebody, don't come down. Look at somebody, tell them don't come down. It doesn't matter what they send your way. I'm telling you, I know some of you have been feeling terribly intimidated. I see you, Holy Ghost. You feel terribly intimidated because of the threats that have been breathed out against you. But don't come down. Come on, somebody. Because of the situations that have been up against you. Because of what your teacher might have said to you. But don't come down. Who am I talking to? I know that they look good. I know that they look nice. I know that that batty is round. But don't come down. I know they look like a tall glass of milk. Y'all don't want to be real with me this morning but don't come down I know that they passed away and I know that you feel like all hope is gone but don't come down who am I talking to you might be in a position where you feel like throwing in the towel because you lost your job but job loss can't stop God's promise from coming to pass baby just stay up on that wall looking unbothered come on keep on hammering and keep on fighting because if God said it you can believe that it's going to come to pass somebody give God praise because he will somebody shout don't come down 